Today, I get to talk to you about something that I am super passionate about, the heart of counseling. Stay with me. Hey friend, welcome to the Shattered in the Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey friends, this is Jeannie. Welcome back to the show. So we are continuing our Sanctity of Life episodes this month. And today I get to talk to you about something that I am so passionate about that I deeply love. And matter of fact, I am probably most well known for my heart for the counseling room. And so we're going to be talking about the heart of counseling today. God allowed me to be a partner with him in the heart of the counseling room over 16 years ago. And still today, above all the other things that I do, all the administrative things that I have to fly high and take care of, it is still my greatest joy to sit down in front of one person and share my heart and listen to their heart. Oh, that's so important to listen to their heart. And we're going to talk about that today and to minister to them, to reach them right where they are at, to reach their heart. That is what we're talking about today, reaching their heart with the life-saving message of the gospel, Jesus's love and his hope, because above all else, that is the most important thing. And when we're able to do that, then everything else just overflows. All the other blessings, well, they just they just come. And you've given that person something that they can take with them that will last for eternity. So I want to dive in and I want to talk about the heart because the heart is something that the Lord just deeply cares about. The, the term the heart itself is a biblical word and it's used all throughout the Bible. God deeply cares about our heart. And with that being the case, we should deeply care for the heart of others. Now, I have to tell you that personally, whenever I sit down in the counseling room with someone, I see myself across the room. When I look into their eyes, I see myself. Because uh, we're going to talk about an unplanned pregnancy and what that looks like to minister to someone that is facing an unplanned pregnancy. But you're going to find a lot of content as you listen that you can apply to everyday situations when you're mentoring people, when you're ministering to people, when you're counseling a loved one, maybe even your child, a teenage child, whatever it may be. And so we're going to take these principles that we talk about and we're going to apply them to our everyday situation and everyday conversations that we have with one another. But in regards to the counseling room itself, the reason I'm so passionate about it is because when I sit in that room, I look across the room and when I see myself in that girl, when that woman comes in and she starts sharing her heartbrokenness and her crisis or whatever it may be, I can see myself in her. And oh Lord, let us never forget where we were and who we were before you found us. And truly, I know that God has given me a gift because I can discern pain points. I I can discern struggles that they're going through. And he gives me wisdom to be able to speak into that situation. Now, in the the pregnancy center world, we kind of joke about that and we 
call them angel scrolls. God just drops these angel scrolls from heaven and the Holy Spirit just kind of tells us what to say. And it is true. He does. But we have to obey. And one of the ways that we measure our success is not were we able to reach that woman with the gospel, not were we able to save a baby, not were we help, you know, able to help her overcome the tragic circumstance uh, or turmoil that may, she may be in, but were we obedient to God? And we have to know that that's the most important thing. That's where success lies because he is overall responsible for all of it. And at the end of the day, we have to trust that entire situation with him. So let's talk about uh, the term heart. Out of our heart rises up all of the relationships and responses to God in life itself. So when we're in a situation that we want to call crisis, every situation is not a crisis, by the way. But our heart is what is responding because out of the heart flows all these emotions, right? I mean, think about it. Anger, disappointment, pain, suffering. Our heart yields. Our heart decides. Our heart discerns. You know, all these emotions and uh, outcomes arises up out of our heart. So it's why God is so focused on it, right? Because it is the core of our personality. It's the place where we do business with God. One of the things that we, when we bring new volunteers into our facilities and into our center, the first thing that we do is we uh, begin to minister to them and teach them and educate them about the heart. We have a PowerPoint education that we call Focus on the Heart because it's that important for me to help them understand that when we enter into a counseling room, especially in a pregnancy crisis center, the most important thing is her heart because if we don't reach her heart, we will never meet the baby, right? We'll never be able to save the baby if we're not reaching that mama's heart. So I'm deeply concerned about that mom and what she's gone through in her life and what tools that she needs right now, how she needs to be cared for and how she needs to be loved. Now, I guess I should back up and just say this, because if you're diving in and listening to my podcast for the very first time, some of these things may not make sense to you if you haven't listened to previous episodes. So one thing that you should know about me is that I had an abortion years ago, back in 1993, and went through um, just tremendous pain and suffering from that as a result of that. And later, God healed me and restored me in a miraculous way. And then it was a faith journey. He called me to found a pregnancy crisis center. And so I am the founder of our local pregnancy crisis center that serves all of our county. And then God has used me on national levels as well to speak into the hearts of so many leaders, just about what I'm talking to you about today, among so many other things. And so I'm deeply passionate about this. And so this place of the heart. And and by the way, I'm going to share some episodes in the near future just for leaders because again, the heart coming back to the heart of the leader is so important. God is so concerned with it, guys. It is the chief source of our outward behavior, and we're going to talk about just in just a moment why that is so important when it comes to the heart because we can have a believing heart and we can have an unbelieving heart, right? Even as Christians, we can have an unbelieving heart. For example, I had an unbelieving heart that God could do anything about the pain of my abortion, but yet he could, right? And so this heart area is the main focus of our relationship with God. Therefore, it becomes by its very nature the focus of all biblical counseling and ministering and mentoring without any competition, compromise, 
or exception. And really, this is basic, and it's absolutely non-negotiable. So, from a pregnancy center perspective, let's talk about what is a crisis, because not every situation is a crisis. Sometimes it's just unplanned. Sometimes it is planned, and we just need some support. But in regards to a crisis, you know, if we were to look up the word crisis, it's defined as a time of trouble or great danger. It's also a turning point, it can be, right? It's a decisive or crucial time, stage, or event. But God has given me a more broader explanation of what a crisis is, okay? It is when the negative circumstances around the pregnancy seem to outweigh the actual blessing of the pregnancy and the circumstances begin to drive the decision-making. So we don't want the circumstances to drive the decision-making. So one of our goals as a great counselor is to listen well, right? We should be listening about 70% of the time and speaking about 30% of the time, but is to remove all those negative circumstances that is overwhelming that woman. Now, this is also ca- Now, this is also very true in any situation, right? So even if you're not counseling a woman in crisis or unplanned pregnancy, this if you're mentoring someone or if you're uh, trying to reach and have a conversation with your maybe teenage child, uh, whatever it may be, if your marriage or your family is in a crisis, in every situation, this is very healthy to focus on moving all of the circumstances, the negative circumstances out of the way and focusing on what is God saying in this situation? Where is the biblical truth? What is lie here and what is truth here? And begin to work from that foundational point. So this is what we're doing. We're removing the circumstances the negative circumstances, all the voices, everything that's crowding in on this woman that's making her think she cannot do this, she cannot have this baby if it's an unplanned pregnancy, and we're making a valid connection, a true connection between that mom and her baby. Who is she? Who is she in God's eyes? What plans does God have for her? What does God say about this situation? That's where we want to start from a foundational piece like that. Now, I'm going to pause for just a moment, and I need to say this. One of the greatest needs that anyone in crisis needs, above all else, is a need for the gospel and salvation. Their greatest need is Jesus, because I can't solve her problems. You can't solve her problems, but Jesus, he can. And so the greatest gift I could ever give anyone in any form of counseling, is the gift of salvation. And when it comes to an unplanned pregnancy, when it comes to a woman deciding whether her child will live or die, you know, I think back years ago, what I would have given, if only, if only I would have had someone that would have sat down with me and explained these things with me and fed me truth and gave me hope and showed me my baby in the womb, I would have never made the choice that I made. But I was in desperation. I was in fear. I was in confusion. I listened to all the negative circumstances. I listened to the lies and they consumed me. My world caved in on me and I felt that it was the only option I had. Now, isn't that sad that we would live in a world where we felt like abortion, taking the life of our only child was the only option that we had? But it's not. 
That's the lie that they want the world to believe. It is not. And you know what? When I sat in a puddle of tears, no one ever told me that I would feel the way I did. No one ever told me. No one cared enough about me to tell me that I would live through these terrible, terrible consequences that almost almost took my life. No one did. So this is important that we love her enough and we create an environment of love where we can share these things with her. Because here's the deal. The gospel is the only and greatest agent against death. Because what is it? It's life. And when we can see Jesus in our perspective, when we can see Jesus in our circumstances, it changes our entire perspective. It changes all the circumstances. We can clearly see hope. That's who he is. He's hope. And so because I didn't have the gift of a pregnancy resource center to come alongside of me, and to give me truth, and to give me hope, is why I'm so passionate about it. Because every woman needs to know that these things are available for her. And if we're going to encourage a mama to keep her baby, we've certainly got to come alongside of her and support her through that process. And so that is what we do. But I want to talk about believing the lies. Because I've mentioned a couple times already that the world has said these things to us. The world has fed these women lies, and women need to know that they are significant. They need to know that a blessing, uh, a baby is a, a blessing, not a burden. So my heart is to rewrite the narrative of the lies that the world has told, and so a woman will know and understand how significant she is and how special she is. God chose her to carry life, the miraculous gift of life. I mean, man, what a privilege. What a gift. But we believe these lies. Okay, let's talk about these lies. Because there is a progression. You know, the enemy, he doesn't change his strategy. He's always lying. He's the father of lies. And so here's what happens. This is kind of how we move from deception to bondage. So we listen to the lie. So someone or the world, whomever, begins to speak a lie. Okay? And so a woman in crisis listens to the lie. So here we have a seed planet right? Vital monitor input. A seed has been planted. Okay, then we begin to dwell on the lie. So it's fertilized and it's watered. And so we begin to consider it. And then we believe the lie. Now it takes root and it begins to grow. And then lastly, we act on the lie. So here that seed that was initially planted produces that fruit, but really it's not the fruit The good fruit, it's a fruit of deception, which is what the enemy is all about. And so these beliefs now produce behavior. So that behavior is whatever the negative outcome is, right? The sin. Every act of sin in our lives begins with a lie. Did you hear that? Every act of sin in our lives begin with a lie. And who is the lie? Well, Satan is the lie. And his job, what he wants to do is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what John 10.10 says. But Jesus wants you to have life and have it abundantly. Every episode I end, I say what? Live life abundantly. So we can take these principles that I just shared with you and apply it to every situation in our life, right? Even if if we're struggling with rejection or insecurity or whatever it may be, childhood trauma, pain, whatever, you know, words that's been spoken over us by parents or by spouses, you know, church hurts, whatever it may be, what I just shared with you, you can take it and apply it. We have listened to a lie. 
We have dwelled on that lie. We have believed the lie, and now we're acting on that lie because it's become a new belief, but it's a bad belief. And so we want to tear all that apart. And so we slay it, slay it with the sword of truth. This is a lie. It's from the enemy. And we need to uproot those lies. So a seed, when we plant something in the ground, if we dig deep enough, we can do what? We can uproot it. We have to get deep. We have to get all those uh, those deep roots out, but it can be done. And then we can uproot it and pull it out weeds and it never comes back again. And if it does come back again, we have to use the same principles. Oh, maybe we didn't go deep enough. We got to go a little bit deeper. There must be a little bit of that root there and we got to continue to pull it out. So I want you to take these principles I just shared with you and I want you to apply them in a, in a more broad situation. But this is in fact what happens to a woman that walks through our doors that is considering taking the life of her baby. Now, I want to come back to the message of the heart. I mentioned that out of the heart rises up all of our relationships and responses to God and life itself. And so when it comes to a woman that is considering whether her child will live or die, it is the heart that will make that decision. When I enter into the counseling room, I am very focused on her. I want to know everything about her. I want to know every hurt and pain and sorrow she's ever been through. Has she had former pains in her life? What are they? What are the pain points? That's what I'm digging for and looking for. I'm speaking into her life. I'm allowing her to speak because maybe she's never been listened to. I'm allowing her to share her hurts and her fears and her concerns. And I'm taking hold of that. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help me speak into those. I'm looking for every way I can to give her an anchor of hope. I am trying to reach her heart with the life-saving message of the gospel. Because, friends, if a woman comes into my facility and I sit down and counsel with her, and I save that baby, that's great. But if I didn't feed her the gospel, if I didn't give her an opportunity, I like to call it, to receive the greatest gift of salvation and help her walk through that, then I haven't really given her much at all. Because she's going to walk out that door and now parent that child but she's going to be missing the greatest tool that she needs to parent that child. And that tool is the gospel saving message of Jesus Christ. It is her greatest need to parent that child and to parent that child well and to be able to pass that down to, their ch to that child. It's a life saving message and is the greatest one that she needs. And so the gospel becomes foundational for the counseling room. And what God has to say in her situation, I love to ask the question. Um, one of the things that I do in the counseling room is, is I'll draw a big uh, cross on a piece of paper and I'll show them in the center of that cross where they are. Right now you're in a situation uh, that you may or may not have planned, but you're at a crossroad and today you're going to make a decision and that decision is going to change the direction of your life in a good way or in a bad way right? In a positive way, in a negative way. You're going to begin today to walk through more circumstances, consequences, or more blessings. Because that's what's got her there, right? Because we know that sin compiles upon sin. And what I want to know and say to her is, what does God have to say about this situation? So let's take the top of, topic of abortion. What does God say about abortion? Well, we know Proverbs fourteen twelve says, there is a way that appears to be right, but it 
In the end, it leads to death, right? And so does she believe in God? She may have faith already. If she does, this becomes an easier conversation because my next question to her would be, what does God say about this situation? What would he say about you choosing abortion? Does he think that's right or wrong? Wait for her response. Then speak into that. What do you believe? We've talked about what God believes. Well, God believes that abortion is wrong, right? He doesn't want us to shed innocent blood. Now, what do you believe? Let's wait for her response. What does that look like? Are they aligning? Can she see the truth of God? Can she see and believe that God is sovereign over this entire situation? Because we cannot remove God, right, from this equation. Where is God? Where is Jesus in this? Well, he's right there. He's been there all along because what I've drawn on a piece of paper for her is a cross. And no matter what the mistakes are, no matter what the sin is in, in the past, today is a day that you can make a choice that changes the entire trajectory of your life. One of blessing. Today we can make a decision that honors God. He is sovereign. He is good. And he has great plans for your life. That's what I would share with her. That's what I would share with you. In Genesis 9, 6, it says, Whoever sheds human blood by humans, his blood will be shed. For God made humans in his image. God is deeply concerned about the images that he creates in the womb of mothers. Those are his children. We are his children. And it breaks his heart when a life is taken innocently. His word is very clear about how he feels about abortion. It is sin. It is wrong. And thankfully, we have a loving God who is merciful and will forgive our sin. Listen, God deeply cares for us. He deeply cares for us. He wants to see us live that life abundantly. He wants to see us live healed and restored and serving him because that's where true joy is. He is our best friend. Psalms 139.7 says, Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? I mean, what a great assurance and security we have knowing that God is always present. He is actively using his powers, Holy Spirit, to govern and manage his creation for good. You know, God's power resides in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is such a blessing in our lives. It speaks to us. He guides us. He leads us into God's perfect will. When Jesus died and rose again and ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to reside with us. This is a gift to all who believe and accept Jesus as Savior. You know, I've thought back so many times. I believe if I had been saved during the time of my abortion, the Holy Spirit would have spoken and guided me even that day, right out of that abortion clinic. Because it certainly wasn't God's will for me and his plan for me, as we've shared today, to be there and to take the life of my baby. But I was lost. I was lost. And so I just laid there listening to the lies, believing the lies, and the tears rolling from my cheeks feeling I was paralyzed and that there was nothing else I could do. It was such a hopeless moment. I couldn't see hope. And in a fallen world where there is evil, 
I was given this free will. We are, right? God gives us free will, and we live in a fallen, dark world. And I was given the choice of abortion so freely by the world, but it changed my life forever. And those tears that I cried laying on that table, they have stayed with me all my life. Abortion isn't something you can take back. It's a regret that you live with for the rest of your life. But God in his goodness and his mercy reached down and touched me and healed me. And he will. But he never wanted me to walk through those consequences. It was traumatic. It was death versus life for many, many years. And he looked upon me in my sorrow and desired his good and perfect will over my life. He said, Jeannie, I will heal you and I will redeem you. I will redeem this. And you will begin to walk in my good and perfect will over your life. And he is faithful and that's exactly what has happened. So today I am. I'm walking out his perfect will for my life. And I praise him for taking care of my precious baby and all the other millions of precious babies that have been taken by abortion. All the babies in heaven. He loves babies. There's babies everywhere in heaven. And they're waiting for us, their mamas. So I don't know what you're going through even right now in your life, okay? It doesn't have to be an unplanned pregnancy. No matter what you're going through in your life. God knows what you're going through. You're not walking through it alone. And sometimes it feels like God is right by our side. And sometimes it feels like maybe he's really far away. And he's not there and he's not listening. He's not speaking to us. But I want to encourage you, friends, that he indwells within his children. If you have received him as Savior. Holy Spirit indwells there. The third part of the Trinity. God does not come and go in our lives. Oh, no. Rather, we live and move and have our very being in Him. He is always there, always there working on our behalf, no matter what we're going through. And I am learning that even today more and more, that when I'm in the wilderness, God is closer to me than He has ever been and is working His greatest on my behalf. Oh, Father God, we thank you for the gift of your spirit. We thank you that you are our best friend and that you watch over us and you protect us. We thank you that you're deeply concerned with our heart, Lord God. Help us to be concerned with other people's hearts as well. Help us to love well, Lord, just like you love us. There is none like you, and we thank you for taking up residence in our lives. We thank you that you are our creator, that you looked upon us, chose us, and saw us as good. Thank you that you have chosen us to go and bear fruit, as John 15, 16 says. Thank you that no matter what choices we make in this life, that you are God and that you are good and that you are sovereign over all of our circumstances. And you are, are a God of many chances and you bring us out of the darkness and into life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, I hope this episode has blessed you and I love you bunches. So does God. Remember, live life abundantly. If you like Mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered in the Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered in the Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. 
I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way. Thank you.